Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Show. Coming up as GFC struggles continue, we'll be joined by manager Tony Vance to assess their start to the season and ask what can be done to solve their on-pitch problems. We'll also look back at the weekend's pre-action as Saints beat Sylvans to stay top. Uh, and I'm sure we'll wax lyrical briefly about Alex Scott's goal for Bristol City on Saturday. I'm Tony Kerr. Alongside me, as ever, is Rob Battis. Hi, Tony. Great to see you, Rob. Um, we'll come on to GFC in a bit. Let's start with Alex Scott, though great finish against Derby the match winner in fact and a super shot of him celebrating on the back of the press today it really was a nice finish sort of swept onto a loose ball on the edge of the box and absolutely rifled at home with his left foot I question the marking Tony it was very <laughs> poor very poor at the back post easy finish for, yeah uh, no, it, it was um, yeah, he did finish it very well to be honest um, liked his celebration he's got a lot of getting a lot of plaudits left right and centre Fair play to him. Yeah, really enjoyed the celebration. He was properly pumped. And, and as you say, um, the, you know, the, the comments and the, the praise that's been heaped on him um, so far in this sort of first half of the season at Bristol just continue. Yeah, and you see, that, you know, there's England under-19 selections where, you know, Alex Scott, Bristol City, and just about every teammate of his is a Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, Spurs, Aston Villa. You know, it's... And they are quite a few, some really, some very, very strong names there. You know, players who have been tipped to be big, big stars at those clubs in the in the very near future. So Alex is, you know, game in, game out, is holding his place down. So well done to him. Yeah, keep it up. Um, a quick word on Alex's former club, St Martins, to start. They beat Sylvan's 2-0 out west on Saturday. Leon Meekin's men still undefeated as we near the halfway stage of the season. Four points clear of Rovers, who beat Rangers uh, comfortably, and six clear of North, who had their game against Verrek this weekend postponed. Um, what do you make of that victory for Saints, Rob? Well, um, it's just over a year now that St Martins have gone unbeaten, which is hell of a record. Um, once again, on Saturday, there were periods, long periods, where they were second best. I mean, Sylvan's uh, could have easily been a couple down early up, very early on. But Nick Batty's made a cup, well, made one fantastic save, and Ollie Smith missed missed another golden chance. But I mean, Sylvan's played some really, really neat, attractive, well organised football in that first half. Uh, I was really impressed by their sort of their their movement up front. They sort of three smaller players switching positions. Ewan Melrose pulling people left, right, and centre. Um, yeah, it was really good. They gave Saints a lot of problems um, but in the second half when Saints had really had the wind, more the wind behind them. Um, there was only going to be one winner, really. They were the, the stronger side. and um, But for Nick Batty's making you know, a series of some really good saves, it would have been perhaps a bit more. Um, but in the end, the game was open till late on when Danny Hale came, on, came in and lashed this... <laughs> Phenomenal rebound shot high into the net. I mean, poor old Nick Batty's one second he's making this terrific save at the near post, and before he could actually blink, it's suddenly this thing's rattling past him at the speed of knots into the top corner. He must have felt a bit sick. But um, no, it's um, I think it's a lot to be said. By the way, Sylvans are progressing neatly. They're not going to win anything this year. They might even struggle to get in the top three. But um, I think if um, Digger Degare can keep that side together another 
year or two, they're going to be very, very strong. And I like what they like what they're doing up there. And obviously, Mike Garner is a big influence in, in the terms of the coaching. Must give him a shout out as well. Um, it's not just about Digger. Um, Saints, well, as I've said before, they just keep marching on, find ways of winning. Um, to bring somebody like Danny Hale on is is quite a bonus. And in fact, I was I was a bit confused at um, one point later on in the in in the in the in the game at St Peter's when I was sitting in so, sorry standing in the corner sheltering from the elements um, amongst some St Martin's people and they were saying there was two um, Danny Hales coming on and I'm thinking what what's going on here there's only there's only one Danny Hale but they said this Alex Russell youngster who's been getting a bit of game time recently he really is a spitting image of Danny Hale from distance uh, he really same same dark hair same height same build um and it's quite a, I was quite impressed by the way he played as well when he came on very energetic and um, promising young midfielder yeah so things still going well for Saints um uh, and you'd bat them to continue that against Bells next weekend. Um, there was a big win for Alderney this week, 4-0 uh, against Manza. Yeah, my, my scouts told me they were, abs- and these were Manza Link scouts, who uh, um, told me they were absolutely terrific um, on the 3G. Full value for their 4-0 win. It wasn't the greatest Manza side um, it was put out, but nevertheless, they played very, very well, I'm told, Alderney. Um, and John Adamson hit an absolute bullet, apparently, which was a goal of the season contender um, to help them on their way. And, of course, it helped their Joe Blackham back in their colours. I believe, I may be wrong, and things may have changed, but I think Joe is based in London now and was basically flown in for the weekend <laughs> along with um, Jason Atkins to help boost the... Um, the Alderney side. I've been saying from the start of the year, although they were sort of struggling early early season, they are a very handy side, Alderney. They just needed a little bit more, one or two extras. Um, Jason Atkins obviously provided it at the back, very experienced player. But, if, you know, if they have Joe Blackham every week, they'll be a pretty decent side because he's a handy player, young Joe. And Alderney host Velrec uh, next Saturday. Uh, Sylvans against Rovers, so that's probably the, the pick of the weekend fixtures. It'll be interesting to see how that one goes. Uh, and Rangers take on Manza, so a chance for those two sides to... That's a uh, real basement battle, yeah. that one. That's probably, that one could go a long way to settling this year's wooden spoon. Yeah, quite ninth versus eighth uh, on Saturday. Well, that's it for part one, Prio Action Recap. Coming up next, we'll be talking GFC with Tony Bantz. Welcome back. Now, it was another tough day for the Green Lions on Saturday. They've dropped into the bottom two in the Isthmian South Central after going down 3-2 at Ashford. Uh, They twice led through Carl Smith and Ross Allen in that one, but were pegged back both times before conceding the decisive goal in the 86th minute. Uh, A fifth defeat in a row, uh, although still four or five games in hand um, for the Green Lions on most of the other teams in the division. Uh, And there's a big one coming up at Footslane on Sunday as well with Staines Town, who sit just one place above GFC, the visitors. Uh, Well, I'm pleased to say Tony Vance uh, joins us now. Tony, good to see you. Uh, albeit um, in a, yeah, the midst of a slightly challenging time, I'm sure, for you and the rest of the uh, the coaching team. Um, let's start with Saturday. Uh, yeah, just sum up what the feeling was like at, at the end there after, I guess, what was a bit of a sucker punch. Yeah, huge frustration. Uh, you know, Tuesday night was really disappointing, frustrating, uh, and, um, you know, couldn't wait to sort of throw that one away, if you like, because uh, the performance on Tuesday night... We, we were we were um, we were weak and 
were totally not at the races and, and uh, been given a sort of a lesson. And, uh, you know, that certainly gave me some reminders of, of times we've had before. And then Saturday, we, we looked for a response, asked for a response, and the players gave one. Uh, and uh, so when the whistle went, it was it was like, you know it was almost more frustrating I think than than Tuesday because we didn't deserve to lose Tuesday night. We deserved to lose. We didn't even deserve to be on the pitch to be honest. And uh, but Saturday there was only one team that should have won that game, and, and <laughs> that was us. Um, but uh, it can be a cruel game at times, and uh, you know whilst we. We, we didn't have the strongest group available uh, in terms of numbers and and players that perhaps have been playing at this level longer and, and through injuries and various scenarios. But but the group that travelled, they gave it their all and uh, you know fouled foul before the game asked them if they could look each other in the eye and say they gave it their all and and, and they certainly did, but got zero points for it and. It's, it's it's difficult to take. Yeah, something like that where yeah you're ahead a couple of times, then uh, concede a goal late on. Is that just a sort of a result of the lack of confidence at the moment? But just you know the, the things just not going your way, um, or is it is there some 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 deeper issues there that that are going to hold you back for the rest of the season? Well, one could argue when you say lack of confidence there, it's probably almost like overconfidence in some ways because. Uh, the, those who who sit in the footslane stands and and moan or bemoan about us playing out from the back and playing that style of football will be will be uh, sort of desperate to uh, to say told you so because those last two goals we gave away when we were in a two one position winning uh, two all ninetieth minute we, we've tried to play out from the back and and haven't succeeded and it's it's ended up costing us goals so. Uh, you know, you could argue that was almost overconfidence, but for me as a coach, it's what we try and do. It's how we try and play, and uh, I'll take responsibility for that. So, uh, obviously, when when I do get um, chased down the Marks and Spencers aisles, and someone wants to, t- <laughs> wants to tell me that that we need to just smash it forward, um, or smash it down down the wings, uh, <laughs> um, I joke, but you know, it's true. Uh, they, you know, they ultimately. As I said, we, we, we've been doing it all game. We've been playing out from the back and had a lot of success, had a lot of ball, uh, which dictated that we controlled the game and, and uh, controlled the situation. And as I said, it was a very, very good uh, performance that, that warranted and well, warranted three points and got nothing. And as I said, unfortunately, in this situation, uh, we uh, we were you know we didn't quite quite sort of play out in the right manner, and uh, it's cost us. What I was going to say about playing out for the back, and it happens to the very best. Look at Edward Mendy on Saturday, you know, for my beloved Chelsea. I was cursing him terribly, but, you know, these things happen every now and then, you know. They do, and it's, it's, it's interesting that the arm, armchair fans, the pundits, they all suddenly come out. Uh, they absolutely love it when, when a team tries to play out from the back and, and make a mistake, but... Uh, they they tend not to to sort of make those comments when the end product is not a goal. Uh, that it seems they seem to gloss over it a little bit because because uh, something hasn't happened at the end of it. It's just you know a chance or whatever, and, and so they move on quickly. But when it's a goal uh, and that's the end product, then suddenly it's the worst thing in the world. It's an absolute disaster, and they shouldn't do it. But you know all the teams are doing it now. Newcastle aren't, by the way. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry, a cheap shot yeah, there. Folks. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, we we played Bracknell as an example, and, and we had 
50 moments, you know, 50 plus moments. And I'm a bit of a stato, as, as most people will know, where we, we've had the ball um, either from a goal kick or a pass back. And uh, of 45 of those, we've smashed down the pitch invariably because uh, their press was so strong and they were good, but they got to us. Um, we became nervous and didn't do what we were supposed to do. Now, of those 45 times that we smashed the ball down down the pitch, it came back 45 times very quickly. <laughs> so, um, But nobody was saying, don't smash it down the pitch then. And uh, it's an interesting thing because the same result can happen from playing out from the back as it can from smashing the ball down the pitch. In simplistic terms, you, you knock it up on the halfway line, centre-half heads it, goes straight down the cent down your, um, your your defensive line and someone's in on goal and scores. Now, when that happens, the pundits and the armchair experts don't turn around and say, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it, as I say, it's one of those debates, isn't it? But it's, I think it's, it's very it's, much an age profile thing as well. Um, you know, uh, I think you'll say, see that most people within the game now are all who have exited the game within the last 10, 15 years are quite happy with seeing that sort of type of football thing. It's the way forward. But for people who have grown up in the old days, you know, when it was on bumpy pitches and that sort of stuff, where basically you couldn't play that type of football anyway, you'd have got in, got in terrible trouble. It was a case of just goalkeeper or, you know, backs lumping it long time and time again. And that's the way they're brought up. I think that's still stuck in their head a lot of the time. Yeah, and, and possibly it will go back that way in some ways. You know, these going it's the right cycles. Thing. Yeah. yeah, you might see, you know, Pep Guardiola one day. He might play eight people up front and smash the ball up there. And uh, but you know, it, it, it's it's just like you say. It's, it, it goes in, in in sort of scenarios of of how people are brought up to play, what they see, uh, and what is deemed successful. And that kind of philosophy, you know, that's not something you've kind of shied away from have you now you know what are we 10 years into the lifespan of GFC and that you've sort of you've, you've stuck with that despite things being challenging now I mean does it not that you're going to suddenly as you say start getting a team to be lumping the ball up the pitch at every opportunity um, but when you look at the, the whole project as a whole is it forced a bit of soul searching at the moment yeah uh, for me it's you know it's certainly on Tuesday night there was some soul searching absolutely myself and foul we get frustrated uh, obviously it's, it's difficult um, Steve didn't travel, so he was lucky he didn't get to he didn't get to experience that game on Tuesday night. But um, I'm trying to imagine this, Tony. Sort of butt in that you and you and Fowl lying. In, did you share a room? Yeah, we share you, a room. Single beds, lying in lying in bed, chewing the cards, moaning like hell. Is <laughs> that the two of you sort of moaning each other to sleep? Well, yeah, and then um, <laughs> and because it's an early morning flight, we I'm normally woken by Fowl's alarm, uh, but actually we were both awake an hour and a half before the alarm went off uh, because we both woke up and probably both screamed and yelled and with frustration because it's it's like it was almost like sort of oh here we go again we, we've had this before we've had some six nils away from home we've had some eight nils uh, we've had a few a few times where you've gone away and uh, it, it's not nice it isn't nice and um, so embarrassed is, is not maybe the right word but really really frustrated and disappointed and 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 I'm the type of person that I like to challenge myself I like to try and look at right okay that these things happen for a reason and uh, 
one of the things with with GSC after the COVID situation, it gave gave me a lot of time to to, to sit and think and. Uh, I enjoyed the break, if I'm allowed to say that, <laughs> during the COVID times. It gave me a little bit of time, chance to recharge myself. And, and, and when we finally got going, one of the most important things about, about Guernsey FC was, was getting it back up running again, which we've managed to tick that box. And uh, that's, that's great to see that happening again. And then we were plodding along fairly nicely, albeit with the excuse that we weren't, we weren't fit enough, we weren't ready enough to, to sort of take on this challenge once again. Uh, for our 10th year uh, but um, very very quickly and, and I think Tuesday night was, was a catalyst for it I realised that we're starting to go down a dangerous route now where we, we're sort of almost going back to sort of the norm of, of plodding along and, and I don't like that I want to I, I want to sort of push on um, and uh, as I said Tuesday night we definitely didn't push on but uh, it was it was the warning signs were, were coming up and and then they they lit up on Tuesday night. So uh, we need to we need to sort of re, really reevaluate the, the 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 sort of the product the the the, the offering and the, the whole package. I think and, and understand where we where we want to get to, where we're going, where we're at. And for me, if we're not challenging ourselves in that sense, then uh, we'll just keep plodding. So, um, at what stage did you get wind that I'd probably written something along those lines on Saturday? Um, was it something you watched read on the plane, or was it some, something mentioned later? Because um, I sort of went out of my way a little bit to ch- challenge the club about possible a change of ethos and a change of strategy. Yeah, I thought it was a good article, actually. Uh, Thank you, Tony. Uh, <laughs> this um, is tenor. Yeah, yeah. Well done. <laughs> How long have you been doing this now? Um, no, I, th- I thought it was it was it was definitely fair and and uh, certainly right, and and it, it's kind of how I feel. Um, we spoke about it myself, Fal, Nick Leg. You know, we were the travelling travelling group, sort of officials, if you like, and. And uh, I think it's really important to be able to look yourself in the mirror and, and uh, you know, whilst everyone, sometimes you, you, we've all had moments where we, we you know, we've been in a, in a position where, okay, we're, we're very content with, with sort of what we've done and, and uh, felt that we've, we've, we've achieved something. Uh, and, uh, but you've also got to look yourself in, in, in the mirror and, and sort of understand where actually we need to do more. And, um, you know, I think, I think from a, the playing perspective, which is sort of my my sort of aspect, um, I don't think at the moment. I think we're just plodding, and I, or we're just starting to plod, and and the danger signs are there. And so I think we need to up the ante, you know, in, in some 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 considerable capacity. Uh, and uh, I think there's a, some ability over here. So I think there's some talent over here. There's some opportunity over here. Uh, the pathway is almost getting right and we're not far off it being probably the perfect pathway it can be and when I talk about that I'm talking about the, the club connection uh, the offering there of, of what's what's on offer for the, for those for those guys um, and the potential to get into the Guernsey FC team uh, I think it's almost there so um, all those products are, are starting to knit together nicely but but for us now we need to set the bar even higher and if I don't, if if we don't challenge us our football product in the right way, then we could continue plodding, 
And for me, I've done this for a number of years now where we've, we've enjoyed some success. Um, we've had some real challenges. We've been close to getting relegated, which funny enough was one of the most enjoyable times. I really enjoyed that because we were tested to the hilt. You know, we really were, and there were some real difficult periods there. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, and then we started plodding again. And, you know, OK, it was nice to have a little bit of a plod after after um, after a relegation battle. Just before COVID, we just started picking up again. And, of course, in, um, at your level, um, it is for me a level, there, wouldn't be, there won't be one team that will be plodding along, as we've seen almost on a weekly basis, teams that are stagnating or not doing well. They simply react by getting rid of, generally by getting rid of the the manager or getting rid of half their players and bringing another lot of players. And, of course, that's something you can't do, um, which, which handicaps yourself, of course. And not that we want to go down that route of actually, you know, this big turnover of players. I mean, the ethos of the club is still, of course, to develop local talent and make the most of local talent. Um, so we don't want to get away from that. But, of course, you are, in a certain degree, pl- playing with one arm behind your back um, yeah, compared at, to the opposition. And at times, too, to be fair. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we, I think the game is, is, to a certain degree, almost like a player's game now. In, in When I say player's game, in, it is a player's game. Uh, when I say that they hold the key. Uh, we, we're only as good as the resources that we can get out, and um, you know we'll play Marlow, we'll play we'll play Bracknell, who are significantly better than us at the moment. But you know even even Ashford at the weekend, um, who we should have beaten, um, absolutely should have done there in tenth place in this league. Uh, we played Chertsey the other week, who are fourth, I think. Now uh, we should have at least drawn with them. Um, there's that word should have. Now, all those teams will have a group of 16, 17, 18 players that the manager doesn't have to ask if they're able to come training, doesn't have to ask if they're able to be available for the game at the weekend. Now, the big difference is they're being paid (laughs) for a start. Uh, But if they're not being paid, they want to be paid or they want to play at that level. So the manager isn't having to ask them because he knows they're going to be there. Um, so he knows on a Tuesday night he's going to have all his 18 players that he can prepare a game of football for a game of football uh, at a decent level. Uh, he'll also know that on Saturday he's going to pick his group and it's what he wants it to be. Um, you know, we, we're not in that situation, unfortunately. And ultimately, we, we are sort of, whilst we're a very professional-looking football club, very slick, uh, and to the naked eye, we're... You know the product is really, really good. You know you look at all the, the sort of the, the crowds. You look at everything about it is fantastic. But in football terms, unfortunately, at the moment, until and whether whether things will change, I don't know. But I think they need to. Is we're, we're amateurs in a professional or semi-professional world, and uh, that's why we haven't got enough at the moment. You know we're, we're sort of down the bottom realms of the, of the football of, of the league, where. In fairness, if we'd have had a, you know, a, a top group with us, twenty-four-seven, like the other teams, I'm convinced that we would be in the playoff positions, and uh, that's where I want to be. Uh, I don't like, I don't like just plodding. I don't like sort of just going away on a Tuesday night, 
um, accepting a 6-0 loss and then having to find out who we've got on a Saturday available, scrapping around for a group of players uh, because invariably we're going to be at, not at our strongest. Now, that's not to say that this group of players on Saturday uh, did anything but quite the opposite. They were, they were f fantastic. They really were. But you know, the point is, is that we're um, 11 games in now. We've had three goalkeepers, three different goalkeepers in 11 games. Uh, we've had, I think, let's see if I get this right, six or seven different defensive pairings in 11 games. Uh, how can you possibly formulate a, a run of matches and run of consistency? And, and then if you add in the training scenario where we haven't had the group of players there to prepare for the game, you know, we're, 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 it's two hands behind your back. <laughs> now, the frustrating thing for me is I sound like I'm kind of moaning. <laughs> I'm not. What, what I want is I want change. Uh, so it's really easy. I could, I could just hold my hands up and say, right, I've had enough now. I'm going to walk away. Uh, maybe someone else could do it. Now, that's fine. But if I did that now, that's quitting. And that's not me. Um, so I, I've got the opportunity, I feel, to try and change things. And I think we need change in our football playing structure. Uh, so I'm not going anywhere <laughs> until I can try and try and achieve that and see if it makes a difference. That, for me, is, is probably the one thing I want to just tick off with, with Guernsey FC now, is, is can we go that little bit further and, and, and away from that comfortable plodding? Of course, today, the time to run... A uh, substantial article which you did last week with well, I think his name's Robert O'Connor, um, and headline talks of a two hundred thousand pound a season just to exist, and that's in terms of and, and to get to games and get teams here and back. Um, that's not an insignificant amount of money to find, of course. So that makes your task of actually developing the playing side of things even more hard than it than it would be for other clubs. Absolutely, and, and you know, people are still, even though it's a sort of well-known fact over here that the amount of money that we're having to, to pay uh, for that travel budget, obviously, uh, you know, if, you, if, if that wasn't an option, and obviously it's always going to be because we live on an island, but, it, you know, if it wasn't there, then we'd have significant money that we could put into the playing, playing resources. You know, you've got uh, teams who, whose budgets are uh, probably not far off that, our travel budget it will be their playing budget. Now, uh, drop into that Saturday, we were playing Ashford uh, and they wanted a three o'clock kickoff and had to have a three o'clock kickoff because three of their players uh, worked in the morning and couldn't get to the game if it was an earlier kickoff. Now, so we had to change all our flight pan plans and everything around that. Now, the flip side of that is actually we've got scaffolders, we've got builders, like the rugby team, you know, who they'll earn money when they work. When they don't work, they don't earn money. So for us to travel, we have to travel without those players <laughs> um, or they have to travel because they haven't been paid. Uh, whereas the opposition are, are, are making sure they've got their full full resources for one game and we're doing it for 20. So it's apples against pears all the time. But... Um, 
you know, we've got to try and look at ways. Uh, and uh, for me, it's, it's it's about trying to review our playing structure and have a look and, and, and see what we can do to try and minimise that gap. Because I think really, as I, I keep saying, I think we're just going to keep on going down this road, which wonderful community club, you know, fantastic that, you know, in your article on Saturday, you you commented on all the sort of stuff we're doing off the field, which is which is fantastic. It's a great advert for for the island and and uh, you know the community feel and you know when you when you see a you know all the all the people they have that great day out. Uh, you know it, it's it's a wonderful thing to have, and I'm so glad we've got it back on the road again. But for me, it's all about the result. It's all about the team, and if the team's not winning then uh, the crowd aren't coming, potentially, uh, or the crowds will be less, which means financially we're, 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 it's picking us because we need that crowd to, to, to be able to sort of, uh, one, keep going, but two, two, to try and sort of push on. So uh, it is all about the football. It is all about the results. And uh, at the moment, we're not doing well enough in that sense. And, and so we have to then look at, why uh, you have to challenge it you know if, if you're in a business for example and you know the business is going downhill the first thing you need to do then is say right okay how can we fix this otherwise the business is gone well in football terms that's where we are you know we're, we're not doing very well at the moment you could easily turn around and say well there's games that we should have won and we certainly should be higher than where we are and we've been don't want to use the word unlucky, but you know, there's been it's been it's not been fair sometimes, or something hasn't quite gone our way. Uh, but the reality is, we are where we are, right? So what we can do about it, and and that's that's my nature, <laughs> and that's what I want to try and do is is sort of say, right, we need to review this structure somehow. And how urgently do you think that needs to happen? Then, I mean, is it something you can do against the backdrop of a of a challenging season on the pitch this year? I mean, is it something you can get in place within weeks or months, or is it? You know, ahead of next season potentially. Well, if you can find me a pot of money, Tony. <laughs> um, you know, it, it you've got to. You've got, it, for, it's for me. I've got to try and sort of lead in some ways, uh, but um, you can't always take a sort of a, a horse to water. <laughs> you know, you, they've got to get there themselves as well. But ultimately, f- there, there are some some things we can put in place. Absolutely. But I, I just think there's perhaps a complete review that we need to look at, uh, which we may more medium term than short term, because as I said, these things are, are all, it, it, as Rob said about the £200,000 travel bill, add in suddenly we're having to pay an extra 750 quid for LFT tests now, um, which, which if that carries on, that's a significant number for every game of football we play, £750 <laughs> uh, on top of on top of what we're already paying for our £200,000 travel bill. Uh, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to work out. You times 750 to buy 20 games is a big number. So there's a lot of things that are, are sort of barriers in our way that we need to overcome off the field. Right now, I want to sort of see how we can do it on the field. And, um, you know, we've got a few ideas that we're going to be looking at over the next couple of weeks for sure. It's good to hear. It's good to hear. I mean, um, well, I say good to hear. We wouldn't, you'd always want your club to be in a situation where um, it doesn't need to be a remedy, but it's quite clear from my my point, uh, viewpoint, that it's, you know, things have been dropping a little bit. And I say the club need to, to push on, 
because um, the competition will always will be pushing on themselves. The opposition will be. For sure, yeah. I mean, so we're playing Staines Town on, on Sunday, I think. So we've only played 11 games. I think they've played probably 16, I think, or something like that. I'm not sure. They're now in their third manager <laughs> already. Uh, and with that comes a, a new group of players. So uh, that's their way of pushing on. Um, we're lucky in, in some respects. I suppose I'm lucky, I suppose, because, you know, we've got our model. Um, but we have to push on somehow. Uh, we have got... You know, Foots Lane is a, is a wonderful facility, but we don't earn any money from it. So, uh, you know, the rugby are in a great position where they, they've got the bar down there. They can put a Siam Cup on and earn, earn, you know, tens of thousands of pounds. We can't do that. So we have to look at other ways. So we are, we are obviously, we can't wait to move to our new stadium. So the football club will always be here. You know, there's, there's no sort of panic in that sense. You know, the community aspect will always be here. Uh, I think it's just for me, while I'm involved, you know, I've done this for a long time now and I want to see us go up, not plod along. And so certainly now's the time to start challenging that and challenging myself. If no one else is going to challenge me, that's the type of person I am. So uh, I, I want to, I don't, I'm not finished yet, but I don't want to carry on just plodding. And uh, so uh, hopefully we can we can look at how we can move move this forward. Yeah, and you look ahead to the start of next year, I think you've got eight away in the first nine uh, in January and February. Um, yeah, I mean, you said about making some changes perhaps the next couple of weeks. You're hopeful that you'll be in a strong position then to yeah to, to tackle those, those run of games and, and bring some points back. For sure, because financially that's a lot of LFT sort of <laughs> tests that we have to buy, um, you know, for, for, for all those trips away. Uh, it's a lot of... Um, a lot of days that, that the labourers will have to take off work uh, to, to try and make sure they're committed to, so that we've got the right right group and it will be a challenging period. But we, we've had those before, uh, pre-COVID, I think because of certain scenarios at Foots Lane, we had to be away for something like the first eight games and I don't think we lost. So uh, sometimes you, you, you can generate a real sort of, uh, roll your sleeves up camaraderie on away trips but that is going to be one heck of a challenge that um, five away trips in January five away trips in, in February and uh, that that's for anybody you know <laughs> it's, it's a task in itself so uh, but weirdly and bizarrely I'm looking forward to it <laughs> um, well Tony thanks so much for coming in uh, yeah, good to good to chew over the the situation as it is at the moment. And as you say, yeah, big game on Sunday. Hopefully, we'll see lots of people down at Foots Lane and uh, yeah, busy uh, busy boards behind the goals as well. It's been great to see so many youngsters behind there this season so far, making a lot of noise. So uh, long way that continue. And um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly uh, for me that's that's a real real massive thing for us is is that having those youngsters behind the goal. And we had it at Marlow where there was I don't know about. 70 or 80 of them making some significant noise and it made a huge difference uh, you know so we want to encourage as many people down as we can against Bracknell they were brilliant uh, although they didn't have much to cheer so if, if if being on a Sunday helps because there's there's no clash with local football that's a great a great opportunity there for, for people to be able to see football this weekend Saturday in the Prio Sunday us so uh, uh, hopefully we'll get a good crowd yeah looking forward to it Thanks, Tony. Cheers. Cheers, Tom.
Tony Vance speaking to Rob and I uh, there. Uh, really interesting chat. Um, obviously, um, yeah, someone uh, who's doing a lot of thinking about the, the future of that project. And um, yeah, we could see some fairly substantial changes over the next few years. Well, let's hope so, um, Tony. Um, I've sensed some dissatisfaction from um, the GFC boss for a few weeks now. And, you know, and all the satisfaction was sort of not necessarily um, what was happening on the pitch, uh, more about the, the situation the club were in. And um, they do have to move on, there's no doubt about it. As I, as I wrote on Saturday, the club do so many things in a really, really professional manner. They're really slick, got so many things, you know, which are to be proud of. Um, but fundamentally, it's a football club about fo playing football matches and trying to win win those football matches um the club will be um far far weaker if it's struggling on a on a regular basis losing in front of their home crowd on a regular basis the numbers are going to tum tumble um they do need to sort of pay more attention to the actual football side of things and i know tony and colin valets and steve sharman um uh, you know they give everything they couldn't they've been doing it for so many years now um but they've got to look deeply at themselves about how they can improve things um, because they are playing in a very, very competitive arena there where clubs change their players, their managers on a very regular basis and, of course, they are paying their players to play football. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, you know, the players that go off, uh, you know, in midweek as they did to Marlow last week for GFC and um, pull on the, the green or purple or whatever <laughs> whatever colour it is. I um, do not like that purple kit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind, actually. Um, Looks but, all right on Fiorentina, but it yeah. doesn't look doesn't look quite so good on GFC. <laughs> but that's, you know, it's a phenomenal commitment. Um, it's a hell of an effort to get over there. And, you know, I, I, you, you think that whatever side is stepping out there for to represent Guernsey, they need to be in the best position possible to to get a satisfactory result and then make those kind of trips worthwhile. Otherwise, it will become a bit of a miserable experience and um, yeah, and, and things will sort of dwindle away. Yeah, indeed. Um, no, I say it's 10 years now the club's been going. Most of it's been really, really impressive. But the danger signs are there. So time to act, boys. And they're back in action on Sunday, as we said, against Sainstown, who sit just one place above them. A three o'clock kickoff. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a big crowd in order there and, um, and plenty of support to see um, yeah, whether they can uh, get, yeah, get back on uh, a winning run. Yeah, it's great that, you know, we've got a situation where we've got the biggest sporting event of the day and no counter-attractions. No, none of this Saturday afternoon nonsense when we've got a um, GFC game being played at the same time as four... Um, Premier League matches. I'm afraid that's not the way to um, run football. I'm afraid it should. We should. That's one area where we really do need to um, improve. Is actually a look about when our football is being played, who is playing when, and making the most of our domestic matches, and to to try and maximise the crowds and the interests in all in all football, not just GFC. Yeah, absolutely. Four Premier games, as we say, on Saturday and GFC on Sunday. So get out and enjoy as much of that as you can. If you uh, don't already, give us a follow on social media at GSY Press Sport on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And of course, pick up a paper uh, six days a week for all the very best local sports coverage. Uh, plenty of football uh, coming up in the pages of the press over the next few days, I'm sure, as well as we build up to that big weekend. So keep an eye out. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Rob. Cheers, Rob.